Sonia and Sasha, for real. Thank you so much for listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show. Back for another action-packed week, Sasha. We've got lots of great guests. It's my favourite day. How are you, beautiful? Oh, I'm missing you. I haven't seen you for ages. Just on this screen, I'm missing you, missing you. I know. But you are my little princess of my life. But I just want to know, have you been watching this Royals on Oprah, Meghan, Harry, is it Megan? Is it Megan? Oh. <laughs> Who has a title? Who doesn't have a title? I don't know. Markle. The Duchess. I did watch. Oh, um, the Duchess, I, the Duchess. I watched mostly because I love a bit of Oprah and we don't get enough of the big O anymore because she's just not on our screens as much enough. But I tell you what, she Hold was on, a masterclass. You and I agree and and really have something on everything, but the Royals is one thing that I love and you don't. That is our <laughs> thing that we don't. And you watched it. I do watch it. I do like Megan because I think, and I like, I like too. Harry too, because they're fresh and they've gone against the grain and they're real. They're actually, you speak to them and they make, it's not like they've been given the party line and they're towing the party line and saying exactly what they're supposed to say. Mm. They're actually gone. Plus, I think Harry was running around nude at a party uh, in Vegas, which I kind of think is pretty badass. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? I'm not sure. And Megan Markle, I watched her on suits and she was incredible. And so I think, mm, I really like, like them. Then isn't Oprah. She, isn't she naked on that show? Sure is. There you oh go. There's God, a whole thing going on. There you go. And do you There's know what? Mm. You've got red hair. Mm. I love you. And Harry, <laughs> he's got red hair. And I don't think I've ever, ever had a crush on a red-haired male before in my entire oh. life. But I have a serious crush on Harry. Do you really? Oh, that is oh something I did not know no, about no, it's, you. It's a new crush. It's a new crush. It only developed last week. It's new. Oh. So that means it could go very, very quickly. He's, I just watched him and I thought he was brilliant, just yeah, absolutely brilliant. I love him and I've not really ever had a love for a royal, even though I do love the royals, because, you know, um, Sonia, we've both lost our mums and I just <laughs> felt when I was watching it, I there was, a, there was it, the heartstrings were being pulled to me. For me, it was just about watching a boy who was yes. now a man who was just absolutely scared and heartbroken of losing yeah. his mum. Mm-hmm. how he lost his mum and he was clutching at straws so that the next woman that he's fallen in love with, because we all know that our, you know, a boy's first love is his mother and, True story. you know, that it was not going to happen to his wife again. And so he was literally thinking, I will do whatever it takes. And if it means sacrificing my heritage and all of that stuff, I will literally mm. do anything it takes because I don't think I could go through that pain again. And that's mm. what I saw when I watched that. And so it wasn't really about Megan for me. It was more about him because mm. I think he was going, I, I can't do it. You know, I've done it once and I refuse to do it again. And so I'm screaming out to support for my family so that I don't mm. have to do that again. And she has got some hardcore criticism in the media, which is that's what I don't worse. get. That's what I don't get. Who cares that much about it? Who cares that much? I know. I have been told about people who have absolutely no connection with the royal family whatsoever, just normal people living in Melbourne who have got onto Facebook and just caned her, calling her the most ridiculous names and horrible things. Why would you do that? And the other thing is when a person cries out that to that extent and says I was in such a dark place and I was screaming for support mm. and everybody has jumped on not everybody but a lot of people have jumped on the bandwagon and said oh bad luck blah 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 what does that say to the people around you who are struggling 
Anybody around you who has any kind of a struggle going on is 100% not going to you for support and maybe would do the opposite, Mm. you know, thing. Just think I'm even more isolated and I'm I'm more on my own right now. I just think it's been hideous. But you know what I have loved? What have you loved? That Oprah was just, I mean, she's just the master. Is she not the master? And there's been so many great memes. Have you? Are you? I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. Let me say it first. Are you silent? Are you silent? Or have you been silenced? <laughs> and, and I'm doing my fingers for those that are, yeah. are, you, are you silent? Or have you yeah. been silenced? Yeah. And, and, and we, we've been using that on ourselves. I can't remember what it was for, but it was the next day. I love it. I'm loving yeah. it. I'm just loving Oprah. Especially yeah. when they said, oh, like Oprah's face. When they were yeah, when she said what? Skin. What? what? That was, the, that the was because, because what? you know what? She wasn't looking at questions. She didn't have you know, pre-made up, you know, things that she just rolled with it. And that is the consummate professional, isn't it? That is a listener and an intelligent, you know, um, understander of what's going on. And then I'm going to ask my next question based on what you've just told me. And And that is scary for a presenter because, you know, you and I have been in that situation a lot. We Mm. do like to roll pretty freestyle um, and it's scary as hell, but it's also the most authentic. You get the most authentic experience, Mm. I believe, when you're just rolling off the cuff. Anyway, she's just incredible. You know what I thought was really interesting was when they were talking about the fact that, you know, who cried before the wedding, Katie cried, Megan Mm. cried, blah, 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 Mm. blah. I'm thinking to myself, who has not had an issue with their sister-in-law yeah. three days before the wedding? <laughs> I mean, what? That's just like who emotions has emotions are high. Who has are had high, a family breakdown crying a few days before your wedding? With mm. God only knows, there's that many people fighting with. You know what makes her? In fact, you would think that there'd be more crying going on. This is a royal wedding. Of course they're crying. Of course they're fighting. Of course stuff yeah. is going on. There's a lot. There were a lot of people Who involved in that, you know, in the smaller oh, no. little situations like ours. We were lucky. We had good people. Now, listen, oh. I, you know why I think we love them as well is because we like a disruptor, don't we? We like people who yes. disrupt the status quo. And dis- that wedding, that we wedding with that pastor and that choir and the looks on those stuffy royals faces when they came out um, and started rocking it that to me was gold I just thought yeah but these I are the people it. I can jam with yep I'm not That's I, like I, I, I felt like I, there was a point point in that wedding I actually felt like I was in Harlem in church yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean I was gonna get up and go whoa you know it was so amen good. do we have an amen do yeah we have and you know amen? what it's 2021 we're not back in the 1600s guys no. it's okay let the petticoats loose a bit you'll be all right <laughs> so great. Let the petticoats loose. I love that one. That's good one. <laughs> now, Silent? tell me, Silent. you did something okay. on Facebook this week. We've got two. We've got a couple of minutes. You've got All something right. that you did on Facebook, which is so cool. So tell it us about what cool. you okay. did. Okay, so I just put this post up for a bit of fun. A bit of fun. Okay, so you can go with this and you can write some more comments on this or think of some more comments. Okay, so what would happen if Bruno went to Mars? Mm. What if Alicia lost her keys? Mm-hmm. And what happens when Tom goes on a cruise? Now you got to keep Ooh. it going. You got to keep this right. going. Okay, right? so does, we've got some other ones. Does, does Stevie Neil, really wonder? Does, Stevie, does Neil have a strong arm? <laughs> what would happen if Courtney fell in love? Oh. oh, what happens if Kanye went south? Are there any rivers in Phoenix? Oh, does Kevin enjoy bake? Did Whitney ever have a problem in Houston? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, what if Russell has a pet crow? Oh, did Tiger get lost in the woods? Oh, can Barry, can Hallie eat a berry? Did Justin drop his timber in the lake? <laughs> <laughs> is Morgan a free man? Oh, I think he is. Is uh, Does Brittany fish with spears? 
is George Michael? <laughs> oh my god, I love this. What oh, if Brad felt? What if Brad fell in a pit? <laughs> oh, what if Jehovah was a witness? Was Marvin actually gay? I'm not oh, sure. Hang on, was he? Hang on. Does Paris stay at the Hilton? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. What if you were Malcolm's ex? Oh, what if you were? What does does Gerard really have a butler? Oh, oh Tori Spell. Tori Spell. Tori Spell. Has Michael ever been to Jordan? <laughs> oh, hang on. Get the- what about this one? Does yeah. Hugh have a jack man? <laughs> Did Hugh ever get that government grant? Uh, does Kevin have a heart? <laughs> I love his heart. And did Billy own any crystal? This is gold. What a great little thing to now, do. What, if, the, what if Madonna was actually Le, the Madonna? Oh. And there was, um, uh, and Give I actually like, one. hang on. If Give us Sam a good one to feel, wrap it up. Does Sam feel like a new man after leaving the footy show? <laughs> no, I don't think he does. Do you know Sam Newman got married a few weeks ago? What? Yeah. Who would marry Sam Newman? Was it Pamela Anderson? Don't know. Don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's not Pamela Anderson? And no, it's not. It is not okay. Pamela Anderson. That was just on his on his windows. Now, listen to me. We've got a massive show. We're talking to my GP. There you go. <laughs> We're talking to incredible Nicola Doyle, who is all over COVID studies, vaccine information, the truth about what's going on with the with the actual virus. She has some great opinions. I followed her on Instagram throughout this whole COVID period and she was my go-to person for finding out factual information because she actually hangs out with scientists from Oxford and Who Stanford. Ha- she and hangs out with scientists? Organization. Yeah, over, she's been doing Zooms. And she, she talks to us. She talks to us. Whoa. I know. And she's feel brilliant. Smart, yeah. What a brilliant, brilliant, smart woman. I'm so yep, proud yep, that yep. we know her. And then we have brilliant Wayne Peterson, the Ooh. voice of Melbourne. He's live. To, he's live at the basketball, live yeah. at the NBL. So we're going to be right down courtside and hear about what's going on in the in the hot seats in the VIP section of the NBL. Can't get any better than that. So stay tuned, everybody. Hanging with us, you've got Sonia and Sasha for real on the most favourite day that we have of our week. Just the day. Can't wait to hang out. Hang out. Okay. After the break, from Bank Live and Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show. See you soon. Sonia and Sasha, for real. Thank you for being with us on Brimbank Live and Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show. Now we have someone very, very special to um, to our team and Sasha has just met off air this wonderful woman who's been in my life since uh, pre-babies, which is a hell of a long time ago, even though we're still 23 and a half. Now this woman is... <laughs> this is pre-pre-babies. Like pre-pre-babies. this woman has been in your life forever and I yes. feel like I know her and I, I can't actually believe we've just met right now after all these years. <laughs> I know. So I'm feeling really, really privileged. Uh, so this beautiful person is a general practitioner, uh, specialises in integrated medicine practitioner. I think that we need to find out what that means for start yeah. um, and also infectious diseases. General practitioner, could you please welcome to the show the lovely Dr. Nicola Doyle. Ooh. <laughs> hey. hey, Nicola. Well, uh, yes, I feel very special that you have asked me to come on and have a chat. Um, as you say, we go back a long way and goodness me, I can't believe we're here talking about this. Who would have thought when we had our children that many years ago that we'd be going through this now? 
Um, I know, I know. Now let's let's just dive straight into it, Nicola. I need to tell you this. Do you know when there's a good doctor, they are always booked out. And I remember when Sonia told me all about you, I tried to get an appointment and I think it was like three weeks that I had to predict that I was sick (laughs) and I gave up. So it's actually so cool that I'm actually getting to meet you now. I'm going to give you the last 10 years of my ailment. And that's for not having a time to see me 10 years ago. Start from A. She's alphabetized the, from the a, issues yeah. from A. Yeah, yeah. We've got so much to talk about, so much, because you have just been, um, you know, you've been doing all of this stuff on COVID. You've been researching and teaching us so much about it on social media. So it's really cool to have you here. Mm. Thank you so much for being here. All right, let's dive straight into it. What was it like oh. for you as a GP seeing patients, having people, um, you know, really suffering from not so much COVID because not many of us know people who actually had it, but from all of the knock-on stuff that happened as a result. Yeah. Look, I think um, firstly, as an integrative medicine practitioner, and I think we're saying, I was saying to you before that I like to treat the whole person and Mm. their environment, their genetics. I don't like to just look at one organ system. So when we first heard about COVID-19 early last year. I started to do a lot of research um, beyond what, what you just found in newspapers or in the media. Mm. Um, I came across some amazing scientists from overseas, uh, which is one of the, one of the, one of the only benefits uh, from this process, and um, started doing a lot of research and started to get a lot of my own information so that I could help a educate my patients because one of the first things I saw was a lot of fear. Mm. So, mm. I mean, I understand, you know, we knew this was a new virus. We Initially we didn't know a lot about it, but then as more information came in, we were able to get a little bit more clarification on that. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of very frightened patients. So, you know, dispelling a lot of the myths and, and giving them some good factual information. Mm-hmm. And then, um, once we moved into the world of lockdown, um, that became the, the predominant feature in general practice land, as I think. Um, I know some general practitioners were actively involved in, um, in caring for COVID-19 patients. I did support some patients mainly through online, like Zoom, um, uh, but, but certainly the majority of my work was mental health support. I, I probably... At one point fifty on my suicide watch list, I would ring. Oh, Nicola! Wow, are you alive? Uh, it's it's all well and good to get extra support and mental health services, but if you can't get someone an appointment for ten or twelve weeks, then you are the buck stops with you. Yes, did have some tragedies through through the process and and lost one of my my twenty seven year old patients, which was oh. low point. But um, but. But most of it was was young people that I was worried about, um, business owners, small business owners, mm. and and so that that was the mental health load. Certainly, I did see um, a lot of drug abuse and domestic violence um, and things that I have never encountered before in in general practice. So that was all very new, um, and it certainly came clear to me by the end that a lot of my patients were more scared of, um, than than the virus. Yeah. Mm. So I became very frustrated with lockdown and a bit of an advocate in the newspaper of became quite anti-lockdown, to be honest. Um, yeah. it, it had swung too far in the other direction. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, initially, yes, protecting the elderly and the vulnerable was really important. 
then I thought that there, there was a huge ask on the younger populations and I became very concerned about um, the younger members of our community and disadvantages that we were creating in the lockdowns. And, and that's where a lot of my frustration um, came from. And what about the fact that, like, alcohol consumption went right up and mm. so what are the effects of that that now people are getting used to drinking so much over the over this time that all of a sudden they're like, now I'm starting to go back into the real world, but I have now got this, you know, dependency on alcohol. Absolutely, absolutely. You you change behavioural patterns, behaviours. It, it's very hard to break that, that cycle and a lot of people certainly were reaching for alcohol. I had a lot of people using it to calm their anxiety and then once lockdown was over, I had a lot of patients too scared to, to re-enter the world. We had this whole different anxiety as well. Mm. I found that was terrible. Um, I was also very concerned with the lockdown. A lot of my patients uh, put on weight. Um, they became less fit. Even though we're at home, we, we were only allowed out, you know, for one hour a day, but um, patients might exercise, but they were at home all day. They were near the cupboard. They would drink more. Um, most of my patients put weight on, became less fit. And all of this, of course, as an integrative medicine practitioner, what it does is it affects your innate immune system. And, and that we get COVID-19. That, that's our first line of defense. We've got this wonderful immune system. It's called your innate immune system without even using antibodies. And you know, it it's it involves T cells and natural killer cells and and it can it can thwart the virus early, it can throw it out, eliminate it. It's wonderful. But we know that it doesn't work well in patients with metabolic syndromes. So that's people that might have issues with pre-diabetes when they're carrying a little bit more weight. Um, excess alcohol consumption can lead to that. Um, so young children, um, sporting clubs that were closed, sitting on screens all day. Mm. So I've, a huge um, plummeting in, in our health, our innate immunity. And then vitamin D is wonderful as well for mm. innate immune system. So I'm a huge advocate for vitamin D supplementation, particularly in wintertime. And as we are going to come into our wintertime this year, we don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully case numbers can remain lower, but vitamin D is a wonderful thing to do. So. Yeah, there was another thing, the alcohol feeding into that. And really, it, our innate immune system is just so important. And the best thing we can do for that is, is you know, is lots of exercise, eating well, low-carbohydrate intake. I can keep going on about that, but I'll <laughs> So, but that's... Can you explain, Nicola, why wintertime is, is so scary for this, for this um, disease? Why, what's the difference? Is it because our immune systems are lowered because it's cold? Is that what it's all about? Yeah, well, the, the theory is, of course, this virus has definitely exhibited seasonality. So you can say here, and particularly in Europe, we had yeah. aches have occurred during winter. And you know yourself, if you get a virus in summer, it's rare, isn't it? You hardly ever get a mm-hmm get a mild sniffle, but it, it's a really mild. Whereas in wintertime, some of the theories relate to low vitamin D. Vitamin D is something that we usually um, acquire through sunlight. Uh, unfortunately, in wintertime, our vitamin D levels are a lot lower and mm. we need a supplementation. That's wonderful. But, yeah, certainly um, things just seem to be, respiratory viruses just seem to be worse in the wintertime. Our defences are down, our vitamin D is down, and things just often are more severe in the wintertime. 
Yeah. Mm. And we just feel down, like we feel down because we, you know, we wake up and it's dark, we go to bed, we come home from work and it's dark. Um, I just think that, I mean, I know personally your moods are much darker, which is why countries that are like, for example, England, how they say it's just cold all the time and those kind of things that affects them much more than, you know, hotter places around the world. I mean, that's just a, a theory, but Absolutely. And we know with certain viruses like COVID-19, it, it, it has more stability in colder temperatures. I mean, look at our outbreaks that we had, the meatworks in the sort of cold environments. Oh, yes. More stability when it's cooler than when it's warmer. Um, so, and so, you know, vitamin D as well. So our immune defences are down. Our innate immune system doesn't work as well. So wintertime is always going to be high risk for us and for everyone. And is that the reason why, so for, well, the first person that I really heard um, or that I probably took notice of uh, was ha- of having COVID-19 was Richard Wilkins when he was exposed by um, Tom Hanks yeah. when they were interviewing Tom Hanks. But he kept on coming onto the TV and saying, I have no symptoms, I feel completely fine, and yet he kept on um, testing positive for, for quite a while and he was in quarantine for a really long time. Is that because he's got a killer immune system, an immune system, and that's just, you know, he just did not get? Because that seems to be what's happening now is that we're not having, there's no deaths anymore. I'm not hearing about people going into hospital, even though we've had people with, with COVID. Like what's the story there? Certainly the deaths are coming down in Europe, but they have been quite severe over their, the peak of their winter. They have certainly seen a second wave of, of deaths and they are coming down. I'm um, sorry, I should have said in Australia, I mean, in terms of us here. Oh, yeah, because we've been in summer, the summertime, and our case numbers yeah. have off. Yeah, absolutely. We we got better at protecting the vulnerable, mm. and we, you know, moved into warmer weather. We had a very severe lockdown, mm. um, case numbers, and we protected our vulnerable, and we got warmer weather. So, yes, and Richard Wilkins probably did have a really good innate immune system. And, you know, the people... Oh, Richard. Go, Richard. Go, Richard. <laughs> with the, oh, they say that he's a big partier, so maybe the alcohol's got yeah, something to party. do with the defence system. Yeah. No. So, 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 Nicola, my, yeah. my question would be, why have we not had any cases of the flu? Um, yeah, look, I, f- I think the biggest, the best answer to that, uh, well, a lot of scientists believe that one of the reasons has been global shutdown, so no movement between populations. Normally every year, you know, we have a flu shot and it's usually we'll get the circulating flu influenza viruses that have come from Europe while nobody's really come from Europe. And um, the influenza virus maybe hasn't really stood a chance because COVID-19 has been centre stage and has taken up all the vulnerable population and, and influenza hasn't really had much of a chance to, to sort of get a look in this season. Mm. So it'd be very interesting to see. I think once we see more global movement, will influenza viruses will become dormant, but they will reactivate. So we will see it, but probably not until we get more movement between population again. Mm. Okay, so we've got this vaccine that's being rolled out across Australia. Um, there's a bit of talk today that it's not moving fast enough. What's your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the vaccine in the first place? Because it seemed just just as a thought for me, it seemed very unusual that the process for getting anything onto market in terms of the medication was, in my view, always heard was at least a 10-year process. There needed to be mm. some significant studies going on for a significant mm. amount of time. Mm. Is that right? And why have we been able to get this so quickly? 
Well, uh, yes, they, no vaccine has ever been rolled out this quickly, and, and particularly with a new technology, the messenger RNA technology. So this is 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 is, is light speed for vaccination. Yes. And we're still really undergoing one of the largest global vaccine trials because a lot of the companies we're still we're not going to we're not going to get a lot of data until the end of 2022. So yes, it's 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 very quick. I think it's because everyone's had a vested interest. All the money's been pumped into this, um, and not as much going into other research. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, what I should have mentioned when you asked me earlier, I forgot to even talk about my my patients that of course didn't come in and get their regular breast checks and mammograms and all the rest of it. So we, we sort of all this focus on one disease at the expense of all others, of course. Yeah. Mention that. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's so true. That we've completely neglected. But yeah. I think all these vaccine technologies, and there are different brands, um, the main ones in Australia, of course, is the Pfizer and the AstraZeneca that we're really focusing on because that's what we are going to have access to. Healthcare workers and the aged care population will have the final vaccine. We will, the rest of us will probably have the AstraZeneca one. They essentially all work towards the same goal, which is to produce a, a vaccine specific antibody to spike proteins. So, you know, the coronavirus has got all the little, you've seen all the spikes, corona, like the crown around the virus. Mm-hmm. Spike protein is how it enters our cells. Mm. So, all the vaccines are aimed at trying to produce a very specific antibody to that spike protein. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as we get older, our you know this innate immune system that I was talking about, um, this wonderful innate immune system, which young people it works so well in. Um, as we get older, it just doesn't work as well. And mm-hmm. and that's where like you can get a child, and I had a, a nurse that was infected, and her children were infected. They had no idea. They had no symptoms. You know, they just they pick up this virus. There, they have these natural killer cells that find the virus and, and destroy it before it becomes a disease. Mm-hmm. As we get older, that just doesn't work well. Yeah. And that's where um, if they can get the vaccine and get this antibody that might help them with, against that spike protein, it's wonderful. And, and what we are seeing from data so far in Europe and the USA and Israel um, is that they are seeing reduced hospitalizations and death in the uh, sort of, you know, the older populations above 70. Um, mm-hmm. I think for vulnerable populations, it's it's important. We need to try and get them protected as soon as we can. Uh, we know that they're the ones that require the protection. I, I do not believe, however, that we should be doing this to our younger population. Mm-hmm. My concern, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer because I, I think vaccines are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I think it's it's an amazing technology, and and it's been developed by some very clever scientists. And how wonderful that they can develop a vaccine, a, a, an antibody to protect themselves where their immune system may have failed them. So I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But the only concern is in younger people. If you give them the vaccine, and they get this vaccine specific antibody, if they come in contact with COVID nineteen. Um, what could happen is that their innate immune system we were talking about that's wonderful could shut down because their bodies will have this, this fantastic antibody that's going to go, hey, guys, move out of the way. Here I am. I'm going to take this virus. You can just shut down. And, and that um, antibody may help them, but as you know, there are mutant strains. So coronavirus, because we're doing this massive mass vaccination campaign, is getting clever. It's mutating. Mm. Right? It's got an antibody to the spike protein, so I'm going to change my spike protein. So it's mutating. We're getting different variants. You've heard about them. Um, there was some concern the vaccine may not work as well against them. Um, 
We do know that our innate immune system has a non-specific antibody, which might be better at dealing with these variants. So young people, if we if we turn off their innate immune system in favour of this, this specific antibody, um, it may take longer for them to eliminate the virus. It may not be exactly the right fit. Um, sometimes they can shed the virus for longer. So it's my belief that, that a, a, um, a vaccine does not benefit a young person. Now, what age that is, it's hard. That's what I was just going to ask. What are you, because, you know, Sonia and I are young chickens here. So <laughs> what is it that you are considering young? Because, I mean, we obviously are in that category, um, Nicola. What what age group are you, when you say young person, are you mm-hmm. talking about kids or are we talking about um, 23-year-olds like ourselves? Yeah. Well, this is really hard and this is where I wrestle with this because I, everyone is a bit different. I certainly would not feel comfortable vaccinating anyone under the age of 18. No way. I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm comfortable with the 20-year-olds. You know, I'm nearly 50 and I, I think I'm younger than I, than I am. Mm-hmm. I think that I've got a really great innate system. I guess we don't know, but certainly we do know from the data that, um, you know, most of the uh, morbidity and the mortality occurred beyond life expectancy, you know, 82.5, like most of the deaths occurred in the older age groups. Um, So, yeah, but of course most of us are going to be coerced into having the vaccine and and I don't know how I feel about that. I I would like to see the end game is herd immunity, isn't it? You've heard about that. Um, And and by that, what we mean is if we can vaccinate, it's often if we can get immunity in in up to 60% of the population, some studies say 80%. The idea is that if you vaccinate or have immunity in the majority of a population, then you're protecting the minority that are not, have had no exposure, so they don't get the disease. Mm -hmm. At the moment, no one's really talking much about herd immunity or whether that's being achieved with vaccines. Um, I'm, I'm still not hearing enough data on whether it prevents infection or transmissibility. So my understanding is you can still have the vaccine, you can still get the infection, mm-hmm. you'll transmit it. So I would like to see more data on that. Um, so it's an interesting space. I just think mm-hmm. after listening to you and you, sorry, sorry, Nicola. I feel like I'm, I'm you know, people, some people are going to find it very controversial that, that I don't want to stick a vaccine in everyone's arm. But, but it, I, you know, I just feel like I want more data. I want to make sure for our young person, if, if you vaccinate the young person, it's not to protect them. And is it for the greater good of the community if, if it doesn't achieve a herd immunity? If they get a vaccine-specific antibody that suppresses their innate immune system and they can still get infected, they can still shed the virus for longer. Mm. I, I might be getting a little bit technical there, but I, I would like to see more data you know what, I think that throughout the entire COVID and watching your social media and, you know, knowing that you had, it wasn't just your opinion on things, although you are very informed, it was it was also that you put in, put in some information from scientists and there was data and there was, you know, studies from across the world that you were consulting to, you know, to form your opinion. Knowing uh, what we do, what Sasha and I do and going into schools and speaking to young people and, you know, and, be, and speaking to teachers, and listening to the mental health effects on those young people, um, the mental health effects on the two of us, because we can clearly say that that was the closest that we'd ever come to a, a, a breakdown because we were under severe pressure, you know, to homeschool and to try and uh, with a failing business and, you know, all of those sorts of things going on. And we're not alone and we're certainly not saying that we're special. Mm. But, it, and even 
you know, now when I go into schools and, you know, I, I had a chat with a principal the other day and he said our year 12 and year 11 students are off their heads at the moment because the snap lockdown that we had for five days, he said, I don't want to say P- PTSD. And I said, well, I do because I had it for sure. Mm. You know, I, I went into, I can't do that again. I cannot do that again. And because mm. we knew that Dan the man, you know, wasn't keeping his promise on, on how long the lockdown was at any point in time. So I think all of those other effects, the ones that you've said to us, mm. people weren't going in and getting their cancer diagnoses and they weren't having the, you know, the, the regular tests and checkups that they should have had. Um, the huge effect that mental health has had on all of our mental health. Yes. You've got to look at where, where, you know, what is the balance here? And it, it's horrible to think that anybody's lost, lost their lives from this thing. It's, it's dreadful. I feel for all of those families. But let's look at what else has gone on. And that's the thing that I just jammed with. It resonated with what you were saying. It's like, come on, where's the process mm. here? We have to take into account everything else. And I also think about the fact that we, like, you know, when you said people were then scared to go back out and they weren't. So there actually came a time when Sonia and I had this discussion and we kind of were like, well, I don't know if each other are going to agree with it, but I think one of us said, what about when this lockdown finishes and we have to go back out? It's almost like I've become climatised to my own house and just wearing, you know, an elastic around my waist and not going anywhere. And then now I have to go out places. And even when restaurants did start to open up, there was nobody out because everyone was like, mm, no, nah, I'm just not ready to go out yet. Mm. And as much as we're saying that Australia is starting to get back to normal, there is a lot of people left behind that are still not going out and are still feeling that same thing. They're not scared of COVID. They're not, you know, um, they don't have what anyone would see as a, a, um, a really, you know, obvious mental health issue. But all of a sudden they're like, oh, I still haven't gone out that much. Mm. Mm. Look, I think... This is a crazy time. I think what basically what we have been doing is quarantining healthy people. That has never been done before. It was copied from China. Uh, we copied the lead of a, of a communist country who were quite, you know, populations that are used to being locked up and bolted in their homes. And unfortunately, a lot of the people over there don't have a lot of rights. And it's a different, it's not a democracy, it's a different process. And, and that was applied to Italy. And then it's just been applied around most countries around the world with a couple of exceptions. Um, so, yeah, we've locked up healthy populations. We've, we've, we've reduced their exercise. We've, we've, you know, endangered health. We've damaged innate immunity. It was all to stop hospitals from becoming overwhelmed. And that two weeks became four weeks, became 12 weeks, became three months. And, and as you know, it goes on and on and on. And the end point has to be the vaccine and, you know, I'm just not sure if the vaccine is going to be the silver bullet. I, I think it's wonderful that it's going to protect vulnerable populations. Um, but where does it end? We don't, you know, we can't achieve, you know, zero COVID here is fine, but we can't maintain it unless there's zero COVID worldwide. Mm. Are we part of the global community or are we going to have ongoing quarantine um, stations? Are people going to want to come here? I mean, this year is going to be very unpredictable. There's going to be a lot of chaos. You're going to have to support a lot of, uncertainty people are gonna you know they have to venture out but then they could be locked up again I saw that five-day lockdown I saw yes I saw people with PTSD type symptoms mm. I had a florist we had to get to hospital he couldn't guarantee his safety and I had a patient coming in saying to me I you know when I hear the press conference I feel like I'm a Vietnam War vet and I can I, I've got choppers flying overhead I mean he was that <gasps> wow so you know um I mean, surely he wasn't fearing for his safety in his life but 
you know, there was a lot of very similar, the trauma, it comes in many forms. And this year is going to be, it's going to be still very chaotic because I think we, you know, border closures, what happens when we get a few cases? Are we zero COVID? Are we, you know, what is our ultimate aim? And, and, you know, we've got to wait and see what happens with the vaccines. We've never before tried to administer them in the midst of a pandemic. That's never, we've never had that happen before. They've Mm. they've been administered prophylactically to stop you getting a disease. So it's completely different circumstance. And then we could see the emergence of vaccine resistance. So Watch this space. It's, it's- oh my gosh! And the fact that Dan, the man's in hospital himself, right? Like, who knows what's going on, really? You, well, yes. We'll be doing a press conference from his bedroom when he gets home. Yes, I mean, you know, with his physio in the background giving him a massage. You know, <laughs> who knows what we'll be seeing? Let's Nicholas, just hope he's got the North Face jacket on. That's all, because when <laughs> when the North Face jacket was on, it was good news. Oh God! <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll definitely be seeing him there with uh, getting his massage and figuring out his own life. Because that's just to now have our own um, to have Dan the man in hospital himself. Oh, I wonder if he's getting more than one visitor. Who knows? <laughs> Probably not. So, Nicola, let's finish off on some positivity. Tell us what we can do to boost our innate immunity and to, you know, come through this winter, prepare ourselves so that we don't, um, you know, fall foul to this malarkey that's been happening the last year or so. <laughs> So I, I think to everyone, so weigh up your own personal risk. Um, you know, there are I, there are some young people that have, you know, high risk, you know, some people have got a chronic um, immune deficiency or if you've got poor immune system functioning, if you've got diabetes, if you've got metabolic syndrome, um, if you're, you know, above 70 years of age, then, you know, weigh up your risk, be sensible and certainly go and get yourself protected with the thing. Um, otherwise, I think focus on really trying to get that optimal um, uh, Reducing metabolic syndrome, optimal body. I don't like to use the, the the word body weight, but I just think we know when we are eating well, exercising well. I always subscribe to, I say keto slash low carbohydrate diet. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much focus on on fats in our diet, but it's more carbohydrates. It's all the things that I love. So you know, bread, pasta, rice, and all the other you know. The- yep. Right. So just trying to, and not, I'm not saying don't have it, but reducing it. So lots of protein, veggies, lots of salads, um, exercise, sunlight where you can. And over our winter months, go and get some vitamin D, mm. maybe, maybe some omega-3 supplementation as well. That's also wonderful yeah. that. And, and, you know, some good, wonderful. I find when you're outside, things don't seem as bad when you can have a break. Uh, I love walking, even just a quick stroll might just clears my head, that fresh air. Mm. And when we can walk outside without a mask on, preferably with walking. <laughs> um, but just to get that fresh air, you know, and, yeah. and exercising well. So, yes, um, really promoting that innate immune system, which when we're at our optimal sort of body weight, height, fitness, vitamin D, they're the really key things. And they're all achievable for all of us. You know, we just make better mm. choices. You know, we don't have um, slabs of sourdough bread like I did to get me through, which was what <laughs> a lot of people yeah. did at the time and then had to work it off, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and, Sonia, and, you know, and I think that, 
Yeah, yeah. Friendship. Yes. All that. Friendship, friendship, and, friendship and laughter. Look, Sonia laughter. and I would go for a walk in the afternoons when we were allowed to see each other. We'd go for a walk in the afternoon after school with our kids and we would take turns who would cry hmm. literally on a daily basis as to hmm. what was going on on the day. Like, oh. And so friendship and connecting with people is so important. And having a laugh and music and dancing, all those little things that you just yeah. kind of, Get, you know, you take for boost, and that will yeah. That actually, that's been shown to help your innate immune system as well. So go and laugh and and see your friends and and do your mm. little connections however you can. But it is so important. And listening to you two, honestly, that must be the best dose of medicine anyone could could really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so all I could say is, if you're out there, start going clubbing now. Get your music <laughs> and your dancing up before they lock us up again. Can't go clubbing. Yeah. So I'm going to go clubbing every week. That's my little prescription for myself. <laughs> I love it. Nicola, thank you so much. You've been amazing. All of the information that you you, you put out into the world um, through all of the lockdowns and the the, the horrific stuff, if if anybody um, wants to get an appointment with Nicola, bad luck. She's too busy. She's too busy. You you can actually get an appointment with us. Come clubbing with us Saturday night. If you can't get an appointment with you, Nicola, you are coming dancing with us on Saturday night. We're going to have a laugh and do that. That sort of stuff. Definitely. Thank and then I might, by the end of the night, after a few drinks, I might start telling you my problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure um, meeting you, Nicola. Thank you so much for coming no, on Sonia and Sasha for real. Yeah, thank you, Nicola. We really appreciate your time today. And if anything that we've spoken about has triggered uh, any kind of uh, negative thoughts for you, please get in contact with Lifeline on one three double one one four. And uh, thank you so much to the brilliant Nicola Doyle, Dr. Nicola Doyle, our friend, friend of the show. <laughs> we adore you. Thanks, Nicola. We'll be right back thank after you. the break. From Bank Live and Live FM, this is the Sunny and Sasha Program Show. Sonia and Sasha, for real. Thank you so much for listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM. You've got the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show and we've got a friend of the show. We've friend of the show because friend. when everyone mm-hmm. comes back twice, you get called friend of the show, right? So, Well, this- even if you come back once, if you come yeah. back once, right? <laughs> if, if we like you, if we've stalked you and we like you, you're our friend. You're not leaving us. And show. this particular person is sticking around with us because he knows who we are and he follows us. He's stalking I, us. I know. How could that I happen? It's good. I like the reverse talk. Like so this man's been talk. calling the basketball since the dinosaurs pulled on some high tops. So let's introduce Wayne <laughs> Peterson, <laughs> voice of Melbourne. The dinosaurs put on some high tops. What's yes. that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just made it up on the spot. Wayne, what's going on? You're at the St Kilda Football, AFLW. You're heading up to the NBL. Life is good again. Well, we're back. We're back with uh, footy. So I'm at the AFLW at the moment, but it's, it's looking – I'll give you – Bit of a view. It's looking dim outside, but it's half time, and yep. uh, the Saints are back in it. They started off mm, only kicked a point in the first quarter, but then kicked three goals. So we're back in it. So, but from here, I go straight to the NBL Cup, which is uh, it's on the final weekend. So I've had thirty. No, I've had there's been thirty six games in four yes. weeks. I've done twenty four of those games, wow. so it's uh, been oh pretty my full God. on. Oh my God. What yes. does it feel like being back? I think I think it hit me last week. Like the first couple of games was okay. Everyone had their masks on in the venue. But last week when we showed people on the screen and you could see their smiles without their mask mm. and people were just smiling, it was it was sensational. 
was really, really good. It's almost like it's a better feeling than it was before. Don't you feel? Like I feel like people are just valuing each other and really yeah. I know that we're supposed to be social distancing, but I think that we're hugging a lot more or, you know, like we're really embracing these situations. Like because we haven't been in stadiums for so long, when we are in one, the vibe is so raw and exciting. That's, that's, a, that's absolutely true. I did a, um, a pre-season AFL game last Monday on the public holiday and there was only 8,000 people at Marvel Stadium, but it sounded like there was 30,000 there. It was, it was just loud and everyone was just happy to be back cheering and, and just being at live sport. It was, it was we, we looked at each other in the control room and went, how good is this? And there's only 8,000 out there. It was fantastic. Oh, I think that's going to continue on. So tell us about the NBL um, Cup that's been happening over the last few weeks. We've had some um, double-headed games, two two games for ten bucks with some amazing, um, you know, entertainment at halftime. We just spoke to a friend of ours who organised the hip hop talent that's been showcasing at uh, Daniel. At the, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, did he make contact with you? That's awesome. Good. I haven't seen him yet, but I follow his Insta, so he's got all the acts going on. So it's it's been awesome. Like the crowds have been coming out during the week. Even we've had, you know, last night we had a good crowd for the Phoenix Cup doubleheader, and just doubleheader games and people just sitting there and just. It's a little bit different than than a regular home game for Melbourne because people are cheering for sort of both teams. They're picking a team and a player, but yeah. it's still it's just fantastic to have basketball back. It's a lot of games, and you can see the teams are getting a little bit tired. They are getting a little bit tired, but right. but there's a lot of games, and we've got the final weekend coming up. Um, we had Ryan Brokoff who came back and he played his first game with with the Phoenix last night back from the NBA. His last contract was in the NBA, so oh. he's come back. So there's, there's heaps of vibe around sport at the moment. The AFL, the AFLW on here today. Um, the A-League soccer's on at Marvel tonight. So there's plenty going on. Sports back, baby. It's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. And what's your favourite? What's your favourite uh, type of sport to call at the moment? Whoever pays the most, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> When you're saying that you think that the players are really tired, why do you think that? Is it because they've been, you know, laid back for so long and then now the hype's too much? What do you think? No, I think it's because they're sort of in a normal season. They only play one, they play one game, on one or two games on a weekend and they have the whole week. They've been playing games every second day sometimes. So they've been playing heaps and it's a lot harder in game than it is training. And people say they go harder training, but there's nothing... Nothing beats actual match practice against somebody else. So mm. they're looking a little bit tired, but but that's all good. They've got to deal with it. The, the NBL Cup points show the Perth Wildcats are probably going to win it, take out the 150 grand prize money. Um, nice. Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney are the other teams vying for the other 100 grand for second and 50 grand for third. So it's still got a bit yeah. to go. So Melbourne United tonight, we need to win and we need to win well and get a lot of points. Aren't you loving that all, Melbourne's just got such a good vibe in sport right now? Yeah, it's awesome. It's just, you can tell, I was talking to one of the photographers here, shoots the, the tennis and he's back at the AFL and just the vibe around it's fantastic. So who are we looking out for? Who are the superstars that we should be getting onto their social media and start following them? Are we sending anyone over to the NBA this year? What's going on? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think everyone's a bit nervous. I know a lot of people mm. have got kids in college. Um, they're all coming back or they're trying to get them back. They can't get them back right. on flights at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether the vibe, whether it's the plan is to try and get to the States. I reckon people are saying, look at Australia. We're not yeah. in lockdown. Look how good yeah. it is to live here. Why don't we come there? So, 
You know, yeah. I reckon Australian basketball is going to concentrate on Australia for this next probably 12 months. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. such an awesome opportunity for the people here, for the young people here, because it gives them so yeah. much more exposure. And then afterwards they'll have that opportunity to travel. But it certainly does put us on the map, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've got the young fella, Josh Giddy, who's playing um, with the Adelaide 36s at the moment. Now, he could have went he could have went over to any college he wanted to in the States, but he decided to stay and play with Adelaide. Now, he's running that team now, and he's he's getting triple-doubles and double-doubles. So, he's oh, he's working wow. really hard. The Wait. NBA teams are going to be – he'll go first-round draft of the NBA by playing basketball in Australia. Oh, my God. And is that, is that the son oh. of Giddy? I actually know who that is. Like, I, I don't know how. So he must be pretty important because when you said that, normally I'm like, I'll just act like I know that. But I'm like, I, know that. <laughs> I think I even follow him already. Like, what's going on here? He must be special. Yeah, yeah. Well, it comes from a pedigree, Warwick Giddy, but a little bit different because Warwick Giddy never made a three-pointer in his 380 games of NBL basketball. But uh, wow. it was all hard work. But Josh is just a, an athlete, can shoot it can do everything. So he's going to be, yeah, he'll go high in the first round of the NBA draft. Fantastic. Hey, what? You can't get a better person to be able to interview the actual voice of Melbourne that tells (laughs) us all of these stories, educates us when I have no idea. Sonia, you know way more than I do, but you know, I'm I'm going to go for a three pointer and that is, I'm just going to go a bit of uh, cocoa pops for breakfast. That's what I'll do. So (laughs) I'm telling you now, it is so good to have the voice of Melbourne here and to call you our friend. Thank you so much, Wayne, for coming on our show. When you said Coco, I thought you were talking about maths. <laughs> oh, no. he's no, all no, over no, 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 everything, no. mate. You, you know everything. You know everything. No, for dinner, I've had Coco Pops today. So, that's it. you know, that's where I am. I, I actually, has it, I don't talk about this. There are gay time Coco Pops. Has anyone tried no, that? No, there's not. Really? There, yeah, they're, they're out there. They're out there. Next time you go to Coles, check out the gay time cocoa. Yeah, that's not I haven't bought... that's that's dinner. Yeah, oh for sure, for sure. I haven't tried them yet, but I think as um, a bit of research, and I think that they're only two eighty nine. I think I can put myself out on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can give it a go. And if it and if it doesn't taste good for two eighty nine, I'd consider myself self rich that I could probably chuck it out. That's what I reckon. But I won't. I'll I'll put myself through it and I'll finish the bowl. You know what I mean? Finish the pack. Thank you so much, Wayne. We love you. We love you. um, Get you guys along to the basketball as soon as we can. It's a little bit different at the moment, but um, as soon as we open up to seventy-five percent and stuff, we'll um, we'll get you guys along. And uh, yeah, we might be able to do a live something. Oh, well, I tell you what, Sasha and I, Sasha and I will be making up the the audience for loudness because we haven't been to an event for a while. So you'll think that there's eight thousand in the crowd with just the two of us there. So bring it on, baby, is what we say. So thanks a lot for being with us today, Wayne, friend of the show, Wayne Peterson, voice of Melbourne, voice underscore of underscore Melbourne on Instagram. He's just, what a champion, mate. We love you. Have Thank a great you. day. Enjoy everything. Have the best Thanks, day, guys. friend. Bye-bye. Thanks, See you soon. Bye. You're listening to Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for Real Show with the voice of Melbourne, Mr. Wayne Peterson. Sonia and Sasha for Real.